Hey guys, Tyler here. Welcome to the Prereq Podcast. Uh, this episode is with Mike Wilson. And I've known Mike for about five or six years now. He's not a college student. Uh, he's already graduated. Uh, I consider Mike a, a really close friend, though. Um, and we wanted to get him on just to offer a different perspective, you know, from somebody who's already gone through college and had his own experiences and now can look back and, and really be able to articulate and talk about, you know, what actually happened in college and even before then. So, yeah, we talk about um, what it was like for him growing up in, in his family and um, his faith journey, really, really starting in high school, but really taking roots in, in college. Um, so we have that conversation. And we do kind of want to let you guys know where we're kind of coming from. Uh, we're not really taking a new direction with the podcast, but we do want to start having conversations with more than just college students. I think we're realizing that this podcast is for college students and so we need to have conversations with people that are not in college who have already gone through the thing um, experienced what they experienced and now can look back and really be able to to offer some some wise words and advice to people actually in college Um, and so we kind of want to put out a an offer to anybody who wants to have a conversation with us about their college experience um, either right now or really um, if you're an alumni of, of really any college, we would love to sit down with you and, and see what you have to say. So reach out to us. You know how to find us. We're not hard to get a hold of. Um, so here's our conversation with Mike. All right, Mike. Thanks for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me. Appreciate it yeah, as man. well. So I think the first time that we met was... Somewhere on campus at UNC Charlotte. Right. And there was some sort of cook-off happening with some friends. And I ate raw chicken and maybe some plantains. And I think that that was the first time that we met. Yeah, that was a really, really long time ago. That was one of the first villages I think I attended at Impact. Because that was like five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. A lot has changed. So much. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of introduce us into your story, and then from there we'll kind of move forward into what we want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so from, you know, my perspective, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian household, but something that wasn't really... You know, it wasn't a strict Christian household in the sense of this is what your relationship with God looks like. Um, so, I, you know, it's it's interesting to see how I went from, you know, a house where God wasn't strongly at the center to going to college and then finding what, a, what it means to have an authentic relationship with God. And then to where I am now, where, um, you know, I'm actually, you know, helping lead a huddle and and dive into discipleship with some other individuals. And, um, so it's been a really interesting and long journey from start to finish, but it's really cool to be able to look back. We haven't finished yet. No. <laughs> yeah, you completed the Christmas that is, that walk. Is yeah. Yeah. So where, where exactly, for all our listeners out there, where exactly did you grow up? Yeah, uh, so I grew up in New Hampshire, Uh, northeast of the United States and people don't know where that is the helmet of salvation of America (laughs) (laughs) yes live for or die up there um and I so I grew up in New Hampshire but I also you know I moved out to Colorado for seven years of my life 
and so that's where most of my memories, you know, occurred was out in Colorado, and then actually moved back um, in middle school to New Hampshire. So not quite the Southern Bible Belt experience. No, that no most not people... at all. Yeah, when I came down the shore, that that's when I, I saw the Bible Belt experience from what people okay, see. Okay, just like real talk. Yeah, yeah. Did you actually see a Bible Belt like? Yes. Culture. So what blew my mind was in I actually it's crazy, Chris. It's the um, when I was in my writing class in college, we were sharing stories, and I remember this one woman in the back. She just started talking about God in her story, and I remember sitting there being like, "Who is this person talking about God in school?" That's funny. That's I grew up not that was not a thing, That's and funny. then talking to people down here, it's like, yeah, people talk about God all the time in public school, wherever. And that just, that really shocked me. Hmm. Christian privilege. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the topic that we're <laughs> trying to dive into right now. Hmm. So, talk more about what was it like growing up, where you were growing up, but also having this Christian religion thing happening to you at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned that like I grew up in a Christian household but it wasn't the center of my world um, was because my mom and dad were both Christians and actually met um, in a youth group, I believe, in college. And um, But growing up, my mom was always, I she always was sitting at the end of her sofa, always reading the Bible every morning. She would always have us pray before dinner. She always made my sisters and I go to church. Um, and she would always tell me that she was praying for us and she was praying for family members. But I never, you know, I never saw my dad go to church ever as a kid. Um, but you were forced to go to church. I was forced to go to okay. church, was, yeah. Were you actually forced? Yes, yeah. It was, my mom was, you guys are getting, you know, you're getting in your nice colored shirts and you're getting in the car and we're going to church. Or else. You know? Were you, yeah. hold on Tyler, were yeah. you forced? Was you considered, because you asked him mm. in a way of like, Oh, were right. you forced? Yeah. Do you yeah. feel like you were forced? Like you had been there. You're putting me on the spot now. Um, <laughs> I feel like I was forced. Sometimes. As a I, kid, I right? Say, I would say sometimes. My church experience, just like everybody's, is a little different. Because yeah. my dad was a pastor. Yeah. I think yeah. I was... So this unspoken in, Well, no, I think in a, in a healthy way, okay. I was taught the importance of what happened on Sunday morning, right. Sunday mm-hmm. night. Wednesday night. Right. But if you were too tired on a Sunday morning. Oh, that didn't exist. Oh, you were never the too glory tired. Of God <laughs> you were never got too you tired. Going? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, but even to that, like, my parents had this, like, unspoken thing when, you know, you're about the age of 16, like, you could make your own choices. Mm. So that's when, like, I saw my sisters coming to church here and there. But also, it was my mom strongly recommended mm. that you go to church with her. Um, so like I always throughout high school when I had uh, done things on the weekends that you know kids shouldn't be doing, <laughs> mm. I still woke up on a Sunday morning and tried to get to church um, with my mom, and um, and so like so going back to that, that was where the Christianity world was for me as a child, and that like I. I never knew what it meant to have a relationship with God, and so I always viewed 
Christianity as a very like law based mm-hmm. religion. Um, you know, it's just Chris, we were talking earlier about like the vending machine piece that I viewed God as a vending machine that I gave him something, or if I did the right thing, then I got you know salvation or I got love, you know, reward even back. And obviously, that's not the case. And so when I was going throughout things in my life as a kid, my dad was also super ambitious and really goal-oriented, always was working. And, you know, that was hard as a kid because you wanted a relationship with your dad, but also, Mm. you know, I really respect that too, now that I can look back at it. And that's something that I've worked through with my dad and that I didn't understand that as mm-hmm. a kid, but also that gave me a lot of opportunity and a really good life right now because of that. And um, so like seeing, you know, a, a father who's super uh, goal-oriented, really driven, and then, you know, being forced to go to church but not really understanding why... Okay. I think that both of those combine mm. into how I viewed God as the vending machine, mm-hmm. um, as something that you have to produce results to receive, you know, love from Him. And that also kind of connects to how, you know, that's how I viewed my relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. right? That I always wanted to impress Him, and then somehow that connected to how I viewed sure. God, too. That you know, sucks. both fatherly figures. Mm-hmm. That I really wanted to do the right thing for God, but also like. But your understanding of God was your earthly father. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I think most people see that. There's a season in their life where they think that God acts just like my dad. Well, I think that's how you have to start, Mm. right? Because because until you actually like read in the Bible who God is and that's probably like a lifetime journey to really understand <laughs> sure. who God is yeah. right the most like yeah practical thing in your face is your own father so you have to yeah. like work through oh uh, what does it mean what does a father do but that's yeah 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 so did you ever I know it's this might be an unfair question but did you ever consider yourself a Christian growing up like were no I, I never not yeah. even as a kid like a little boy well, okay, so... <laughs> Little innocent Mike? Michael? Innocent Mike? No, I don't think so. Like, I... So, in high school, I was super conflicted because I would go, you know, party on weekends, do things that you weren't supposed to do. You know, I, I got in trouble a lot. But also, I would sometimes go to my church's youth group. Mm-hmm. And that really I was really conflicted because you know I'd come home and like my mom would always show me grace and love mm-hmm. and I never understood that you mm-hmm. know you know it I was always expecting I mean she was frustrated of course but she would always you know tell me that she was praying for me and she would give me grace and so in the back of my mind I would keep going to youth group here and there on your own on my own on my own interesting but- and and I would go and like get that holy spirit high you know of like that stereotypical of like giving all yes. my like giving everything to god like i'm gonna sure. wake up tomorrow yes. and i won't do something stupid again and that's like that was 
that's how I would call myself a Christian throughout childhood. So, like, no, I was not a Christian, but... But you would say that you were a Christian. But... Like, to somebody, they asked you, Oh, yeah. Like, Like, growing up, I would probably be... I would probably say I was a Christian. Of course. But most American... Most American Christians would Identify as a culturally (laughs) Christian. (laughs) That's really interesting. I think it's... It says something that you would do things deemed, like, you know, bad... On the yeah. weekends, but knowing that the good parts was probably Wednesday night youth group. Was yeah. Wednesday night? Yeah. Well, right? Really, and, really, it was actually Monday Yeah, that's what I yeah. Well, really, even just your mom, right? Because yeah. I feel like that's, that's... true, that's true. That was where the spirit was actually kind of working. Yeah. was through your mom yeah. telling you that she still loves you when she knew exactly what you were doing, probably. That that does that shouldn't make any sense to, yeah. a, to yeah. high school Mike. Yeah. I was actually, so I was arrested in high school, oh, mm-hmm. and um, because I, my friends and I, we had we had pot. You know, I was gonna say drugs, but we know it wasn't heroin. It was, <laughs> but it, you gotta but, clarify these days. Yeah, yes. yeah, true. Um, and you know, my dad didn't come and get me, mm. but my mom did, mm-hmm. and that's one of those things that. Um, you know, I don't know if my dad was home or not, but right. it, either way, it's one of those things that, you know, I had a really hard conversation with my mom in the car ride home, and that's one of those super strong grace moments mm-hmm. where I was like, I knew I let my mom down, and I know she sees something in me that I am refusing to see mm-hmm. right now. And so that's like, that's this, this, uh, you know, teases of grace, mm-hmm. which... You know, you see talking sprinkled. to you guys right now, I forgot about those, and they're yeah. coming back to me, and it's yeah. Holy it's Spirit at work. smile right now. Yeah, that's cool. So, <clears throat> go ahead. was that the only place that you were kind of seeing, like the true character of God, was in your relationship with your mom in those moments? Were there? I think so. like I had. So when I went to youth group, there's this uh, youth group leader there, like he would try to get breakfast with me um, here and there. And those were actually, those were really helpful. But then again, I I just, I feel like there is this huge disconnect mm-hmm. between th- these youth group kids and youth mm. group leaders. That's its own culture. That, right, sure. right. It, like, they just seemed like so la-di-da-di, like perfect mm. human beings. And I... Like, I just didn't want that. Hmm. Like, I, I wanted to be a rebel, I guess. Mm. And because I was so tired of, you know, my dad driving me so hard and my mom wanting, you know, me to follow the rules all the time. And so that's, you know, that's where I was, you know, I really rebelled in high school and middle school. Oh, that's crazy. So... You went to college, and the first thing you did was like, "Well, let me find a Christian ministry," because now I need Jesus. <laughs> Is that how it went? So I had, um, so like in high school, before just this is like a tad before going into college. In high school, all the time, I would say I need to stop doing what I'm doing mm-hmm. and like do it. Like I would think I was praying to a, a God or God, sure. you know. Like, get me out of here, start me fresh. And UNC Charlotte was really calling me. And 
didn't know what it meant to be called back then, of mm-hmm. course, by God. Um, but uh, I went to UNC Charlotte and started off college, you know, not seeking a ministry, but also it was like kind of in the back of my mind of, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to it. You haven't given up. Yeah, I haven't given okay. up. Yeah. And uh, so went to college and then, uh, you know, I, I still did some things here and there, like the normal college partying. But like I was a responsible college partier. <laughs> if that's a sure, thing. sure, sure. Like your apartment was clean. You did all yeah, your work. Yeah, like I did my homework. I worked yeah, yeah. really hard in school, but like I still had fun on the weekends. Well, in high school, <laughs> yeah. it was just like I hate everything. Right. Um, and You're partying with like joy in your heart. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I first year of college is great. Um, I'm coming up to my summer. And my dad is like, you got to get an internship, start getting internships. And, uh, and I was at the time studying operations and logistics. My dad had a friend from back in the day uh, in Colorado that worked for like this wind turbine company mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, offered me an internship. Connections are always super helpful. <laughs> and... Uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah. <laughs> and I uh, I went to Colorado for an internship. But I guess before I can say I went there, I needed a place to live. And there were so many places offering housing. And I'm sharing this because this is a really big piece of the mm-hmm. whole the, the story. But there's so many places to live. And I was trying to live in Boulder. Uh, the internship was near there. And all of these places wouldn't respond to me or, you know, they would say, you know, the room was gone, room was gone. The only place left was a Christian frat house. Mm. And I was like, no way am I going to move into a Christian frat house. I even, like, uh, I made the joke to my mom and she's like, you know, that would probably be, you know, that would be a terrible thing. Of course, right? She's like, she's, yeah, yeah, being a mom and... Sprinkles of grace. Yeah. It got to a point where I just I needed a place to live, so I committed to a room in this frat house. I was in the very bottom corner basement of this frat house. It's like a legit frat house, not just like a house of frat guys. It's like it's a Christian frat house is your typical like gross guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Like, no beer cans, no... Root beer. Yeah, right. All right. Well, I get there, and I'm expecting just these guys to annoy the crap out of me. Cheese balls. Like, youth group cheese balls? Yeah, right. I was expecting them every day to be like, hey, come to church with us. Uh, Let's pray for you. (laughs) You know, like, let's go play hacky sack (laughs) outside on the driveway, you know? (laughs) And... That never happened. They they treated me like a normal human being. You know, we would go hang out, rock, rock climbing, and like no one mentioned God to me. Mm-hmm. And then one day, uh, you know, I had built the relationships with all mm-hmm. these guys. And when, you know, it was probably like halfway into the summer, like two of them came in and they're like, hey, we're going to church Saturday night, so I, mm. they went to a big church out there, um, and they had Saturday night church service, which I had never, I didn't know was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I went, 
and the story there, like, I still remember the story, but, um, the guy was talking about Legion, actually, and... You remember the, like, sermon? Yeah, wow. the sermon, and he was talking about Legion, and not, like, his story was not being enough, and that was something that was drilled into my head, mm-hmm. that I drilled into my head mm-hmm. from my dad, um, you know, like, you're not, you're not doing enough, you're not being productive enough, and, um... That was just something that he, that I was driving into my head that I perceived from him. And so I remember that story and I remember just, I, I just was crying in that service and mm-hmm. being like that God has clearly, like God is clearly speaking to me yeah. right now. Summer goes by, it was a great internship, great time in Colorado. I come back to Charlotte and I am looking for a uh, ministry to be. No, you were actually looking for it. Yeah, right, right. Also, that was like the happiest time of my mom's life, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, she, sure was, she, she was sending yeah. me churches, like 18 churches a day, <laughs> super excited. Um, Does your mom have a prayer journal or quilt? I don't know of a quilt, but okay. it's, yeah, she's got her journals, her devotionals. She's awesome. Um, and so, come back to Charlotte. I go to Elevation Church and had a really weird experience, <laughs> which really, yeah. So I don't know if I've told you this, Tyler, but uh, I made it fifteen minutes into the service, and only time in my entire life where I've had the actual feeling of the Holy Spirit telling me to get out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I've never told you this. No, I've never. But I was, that. I was standing there worshiping, and it's not like something your mind's telling you to leave. I like physically felt like I had to leave the presence which is just yeah super weird and um yeah because that doesn't make any sense because you were looking for yeah the thing right and that was right thing right but my body was like this like you need to leave this is not it and I left elevation um and then I try I, I went to um what is it crew yeah, on like the campus ministry on campus. Yeah, I went to the crew and I was like, no, this is these kids are way too riled up in the Christian. <laughs> <Wild> <laughs> they're, up. They're, too much Holy Spirit. Yeah, way yeah. too much. Yeah, um, and then I found Impact, and I really liked how authentic Impact was. It. Uh, I just remember so Justin Wallace was leading Impact at the time, and I went to Impact. I met. Um, you know, some other leaders there too. I'm sure I can say his name, right? I guess. Maybe. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Garen. So I met Garen. I don't know if I can Are say Are you going to talk crap about him now? No, no, no. Okay. no. Right. Shout out I'm to just, Garen. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a shout out to Garen. <laughs> Garen. I met Garen and I met Wendell. Uh, and so those two guys talked to me the first night, mm. which was just, that was, you know, it was a good, it was a, it was a two good guys to start having conversations with. And I got invited into their huddle, and that was with Eddie, who's one of my best friends now. Mm. And both Eddie and I were just in super confused <laughs> lands Space. of Christianity, yeah, okay. right? Different, different sure. worlds. Mm-hmm. You know? Eddie was in his area, and I was in mine. But then also Justin Wallace, you know, actually wanted to just have one-on-ones with me, which I just thought was really cool. And so Justin really broke the world of God's offending machine mm. 
you know, God actually just wants to have a relationship with you. You know, Jesus loves you. This is what grace is. Mm-hmm. This is what forgiveness is. You are enough. You know, he just, Justin kept saying all of these things that really resonated with me. And so I kept coming back. Can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah. So, it it's, I think it's a little shocking to me. And I'm not trying to put more blame on, like, churches. No, yeah. But, like... The idea that, like, Justin was saying, like, this is what grace and forgiveness is. Um, like, you do, do you think it was never communicated well in church growing up? Or were you just not ready to hear it in that yeah, way? I, I think both. Okay. Because those aren't, like, yeah. right? Those aren't, like, crazy concepts of Christianity. It's kind of like the building blocks. Right. But, like. Do you think it's I because think it's, you were in a place to finally receive those words? Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, it's definitely both. So, like, I, throughout growing up and in high school, I did not want someone to tell me I had to do sure. another thing. Yes. But also, mm-hmm. my parents' church is a great church. Like, I, I know my mom is really happy there. I know, like, I know both my parents are really happy there. My mom's really involved with the women's ministry. But... I think it's a very traditional Baptist church, which I've experienced down here as well. Yes, yes, yes. Where it's not extremely intentional, but I think there's a lot of that, like, law-based pieces being driven to the, what I'm going to say, the audience, you know? Sure. It's, and, so, like, I I never saw the grace piece. I never knew that I could sit in a room by myself and have a conversation right. with like God and I can pray and sorry not pray but like I didn't I didn't realize that it was between God and I Actual not, not between the church and yeah. I oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so that was actually like news yeah yeah to you. yeah yeah so Justin Wallace communicates those things and then from there I just wanted more hmm. because and, it is good news Right, it was, it was <laughs> yeah, good yeah. news. And Makes sense. From there, I kept getting more and more conflicted with, you know, hanging out with girls or partying or doing the things I shouldn't do in college, mm. right? So, like, every, I kept getting more and more conflicted on those. And then I started, I'm going to use the word weaning myself out of those, but, you know, mm. I started yeah. not participating in those One foot out. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, mm. And... Like I, like I even was a hardcore a cigarette smoker too, and right. I ended up having like a really big, you know, confliction with that of I need to quit because I need to not rely on this. I need to not treat my anxiety hmm. with other things. So like that was a huge win for me in that same time period of also finding God. Like I remember when we went to Tijuana. Was that? The first time you we were there, I tried going, or I did go cold turkey right before. I think so. We went. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, um, and I just I had the toothpicks, and I just <laughs> ate thousands toothpicks. of toothpicks. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but like I said, I did. Like throughout that time period, Justin was having one on ones with me. I was I had huddle with Wendell Garrett and Eddie. And I just kept feeling like God was speaking to me in a way that like I've never mm-hmm. experienced before. I started really connecting all of the pieces, the things I had done wrong in my life, 
you know, the relationship that I had with my dad, my mom interacting with me throughout all those things. It was really, for the first time, also found out what a testimony is. You know, like, you know, I... Sure. Like, and I, that you had one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I realized that this was the story that God created for me, and mm. this is what he was going to help me use to share the, I guess I could say the gospel with yeah. other people. Um, which then, you know, that leads into... Um, right before you guys started at Impact on staff, I became a leader for Impact. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big moment for me too. Mm -hmm. Because I, I'm, you know, I, I love leadership, love being goal oriented. And then so like finally being able to do that within Christianity at that time, I was like, oh, I'm ready for this. But also I think it was, I personally think it was too early for me too. And becoming an impact leader. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that you, you weren't, you didn't become a perfect Christian leader as soon as you <laughs> like received the Holy Spirit for the first time. Yeah, I think it like I was just so on fire and <laughs> you started actually burning things down. <laughs> I, like, you're so I, sarcastic right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was so like I was I'm so sorry, on fire. <laughs> I was really on fire with the Holy Spirit and. God changing my life and I think you know other people in Impact saw that too and were really excited about that yeah. and were like hey you're the leadership you'd be a great leader but I don't think I figured out myself hmm. yet and so right when you both came into the picture I think that's when I was in leadership and having conversations with majority you Tyler but also you Chris here and there as well but it was I think that's when I Leadership was in the right place for me, but also I really needed to just keep growing mm -hmm. my own relationship with God because I just, I couldn't figure out the people that I was trying to disciple and that like they weren't projects, they weren't things that I could just check off and, mm -hmm. you know, transform mm -hmm. because like I clearly hadn't figured out what it meant to just have an organic, authentic conversation like how we are right now mm -hmm. with someone. You know, I just, I view leadership as, okay, I've got to meet with, you know, six people a week between classes, got to do a quick therapy session with them, and yeah. you know, tell them that God loves them. Yeah. yeah. Check it all off the list. I mean, it goes yeah. back to law-based religion, right? Which yeah. was kind of your experience growing up. Right, right. And then also talking about your relationship with your parents, too. And your dad was so goal-oriented. Right. That was your example. Right. Okay, if my dad's like that, then yeah. surely right. God is right. like that. And that's what right. he wants for me to do. Yeah, he, right. he wants me to do stuff for him. Right. Which I think, at this point in your life, yeah, you think is a lie. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's great to be goal-oriented, you know? I am super ambitious, even like my dad, but it's, you can't do that with people. And that is what I learned through, I would say, through both of you guys when you came into the picture, because you started making impact even more organic. And, uh, I, yeah, like, 
what's the book called? Uh, so you don't want to go to church anymore? Yeah, man. But yeah, that book That's changed it. my life, my outlook as yeah. well. On yeah, shout out to the podcast listeners. You should read <laughs> so you don't want to go to church anymore. Yeah, Tyler and um, the author are like actually like best friends. Yeah, okay, we've talked like twice. That's, that's, that's good. Crazy. Yeah, that's make your life. So, look, I think I think this is one of the places we kind of want to land, right? Is yeah. is yeah. is you having this great season of discovery mm-hmm. of not just who you are, but who God is, right? And figuring yeah. out what it's like to exist inside of a community of people that actually care for each other, but then still carrying the baggage of law-based religion mm-hmm. of when it comes to people, I need to get this person from point A to point B because it's good for them. Yeah. And that's what I feel like I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So kind of, I don't know, expand and expound on that more if you can. Like, yeah. How was that experience yeah. trying to force people into Christianity? <laughs> because you yeah. know it's so good for them. Yes, okay. So, uh, you know, one of my best friends right now um, you know, he lives in Raleigh right now, but, uh, like I was friends with him actually since freshman year and he grew up Catholic. And so he would always be like, Oh, you're going to your ministry thing, you know, your impact, you know, I would try to bring him here and there, but he was in just a different mindset. Um, so I, I lived with him for a long time and he would always ask me questions and we would have the conversations. I would invite him. But it never really, it never really got. It wasn't something that he wanted to pursue. And I, we always really respected each other mm-hmm. in that, uh, in that area. And so we moved in with another person that um, had previous experience with the impact. But you know, he had gone here and there. And so we moved in with him, and all three of us were super close, had a really good relationship. And I, uh, this other guy, we'll call him Bill, but he, <laughs> Bill is a, no, we'll call him what, then Bill's too. No, Bill's great. Bill's yeah, so Bill's okay, but um, Bill and I have very, uh, like, similar experiences, and so, like, I saw what I had gone through mm-hmm. in high school and in early college in him because he was doing those things, and... Like, I would invite him to impact, he would come, we would have those conversations, you know, share those really intimate moments of, like, this is what I'm struggling with right now. And I would say, I hear you, I've been there, this is how we get through. You know, this is how you get to the finishing line, this is how you leave all that crap, because that's not fulfilling. And we would just, we would have those conversations, make like a super small breakthrough and then just back to square one and that was so frustrating for me because I was like you don't you don't get it like you Mm. you don't get it like it's it's so it's your life is so much better when you're including God in everything versus when life gets really crappy going to God and being like I screwed up I did Mm -hmm. not bother Mm -hmm. You know, you'll get really tired of that really fast if every time you hit rock bottom you ask for God's help. He'll he'll help you, of course. But like that's not that's not the point. That's like that's the vending machine, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was 
you know, that was someone I was really close with that was hard, but even just leading people, um, I mentioned earlier, like the therapy sessions or meeting kids, you know, between classes and discipling them, it was hard to sit across from some people and like even if they didn't have the bad experiences that I had gone through, but just not they were just overthinking the relationship with God so much. They wanted to get everything in line before they would go to God. And that was just so hard for me because like it's you can just you can just give him everything and he'll sort that out, have a conversation with you and help you work through those things. And just a lot of, it just really, it really hurt me to see a lot of students realize that they, like that, or they thought that they couldn't just have a super simple organic relationship with God. How long did you fight that stuff? Oh, I think all of impact. <laughs> I, think, I think I fought that almost all of, until my senior year. Yeah. Maybe maybe like halfway through my senior year, I realized that that's not my job. Mm-hmm. You know, God will God will figure that out with them eventually, right? Um, or you know, maybe like they they will continue to push God off for the rest of their lives. I hope not. Um, but I think you know everyone in impact at that time and still now but like I think all of us all my friends when we were leaders we were at least trying to spread the gospel you know if it wasn't working it's at least in their minds somewhere that they had that experience was there one like defining moment of what am I doing like why do I keep on trying to do this even Mm -hmm. though it's extremely (laughs) frustrating and I mean it's yeah I'm sure you were angry in some moments as well yeah um or was it just a just a gradual progression trying to think of a a certain specific memory when we started to transform impact to the villages and huddles Mm -hmm. and making it you know um more center focused more refined but then I think once you guys took over and I saw us even getting even more filtered of towards the people, caring about the people, and seeing people not want to come back because mm-hmm. of that, mm-hmm. and this was all during my senior year, mm-hmm. that was for sure, this is all coming to me, Tommy, because this was so long it ago. It feels like Chris, this is so long ago, but it's, I think once seeing those people give up because it wasn't something that they could just show up to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that for me was a huge wake up call and you know Mike you're right like you can't keep pushing this onto people because that's up that's also what my mom did to me you know not like she was doing it out of love right right? but to me that's like how I viewed it as someone was just like trying to push it onto me and so when I saw all of those students realize, oh, this isn't something I can just show, show up on a Sunday night, mm-hmm. get my, you know, get my Holy Spirit fix, and then leave for the week. And instead, when we wanted to have small groups with them, you know, huddles, like diving into scripture with them, 
and that being too hard for them when really it's not that hard at all. We were just having conversations yeah. and wanting to be transparent with one another. That's when I realized, you know, I can't make every single person a project. You know, I just need yeah. to actually, I need to show up and be authentic mm -hmm. and just be who Mike Wilson is, have conversations with students and with other people that want to have those conversations versus going into it being like, okay, you're probably gonna have a problem, create a solution, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 like yeah. figure it out. Go through your systems. <laughs> yeah, 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 instead it was just like, I think I just drilled into my head, be organic, be organic, be organic. Which but, of course it doesn't sound organic, right? but like I, that's what I needed but to do. But being organic me. just means like, what do you mean? I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. What do you mean by being like, organic? Being organic is for me was just not creating a plan, not not um, like predetermining what the conversation was going to be or what you wanted mm -hmm. that time mm -hmm. to look like. Instead, it was just being there in the moment and listen. Yeah, being yeah. present and listening to what they have to say mm -hmm. instead of listening and giving a solution. It was just listening right. and being present. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that is something... It's hard because you can't teach perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. It's something that someone has to like arrive at their own time. Yeah. And it's even yeah. harder when you're so fired up because you finally in your life, things make sense. And you're like, guys, it's so simple, right? It's because like Jesus actually just loves us and wants to be in, <laughs> in presence with us. Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's it, guys. And people, when they aren't showing the same like enthusiasm as you were showing, it's like, well, then let me fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're, and I think that's part of the the journey, right? Part of the process. Like, yeah. you never once arrive mm -hmm. from, like, being this, like, arrested pothead to, like, someone <laughs> who lived to a Christian fraternity and, like, found Jesus yeah. for the first time, like, joining a ministry. Like, you, you never actually arrived, yeah. like, at the, like, this is it. Mm -hmm. It's every moment. I'm sure now, even now, being married, mm -hmm. being part of a church, being having a real job, it's still like, yeah. Or who is God? Or this is right. You yeah. still run into those right. issues, right? It's like it's to your point. We're not finished or, mm -hmm. or in there time. It's yeah. We're we're still working through those pieces and figuring out how to connect our story. It's so easy to view people as projects, though. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like you're saying, Chris, if, if they only knew what I know, then their life is going to be so much better. But, Mike, your story is a perfect example of maybe I just need to be present with this person. Mm -hmm. Like your mom, I just need to be here for my son. Yeah. And I have no idea what guy has in store for him. Right. And ultimately, like it's on Mike to make good or bad choices. Mm -hmm. But I know that God's going to be present. If right. that is true, how we interact with people in our relationships, I think, completely change. Mm -hmm. Is that true for you? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would <laughs> say so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, like, it's even, even now, like, being married to Kate, like, she is one of those individuals that is so good at being present in the mm -hmm. moment. And so that's where... I mean, to your point earlier, Chris, like it's still, your story is still growing 
Like I still, I still struggle with viewing things as projects mm-hmm. or viewing things as like very black and white, mm-hmm. instead of like this is the in between and be present in the in between. And Kate's super good at that, and she she teaches me that all the time, right? And we have conversations about that all the time, and that you know you just need to keep being present instead of looking way down into the future. Um, because, you know, God just wants us to focus on today, right? Mm. I know that's a cheesy verse, but it's true, right? And that we just need to focus on where we are right now versus, you know, unexpected. Was, was worry a big part of your life? Growing up, like in high school or when you first got to Charlotte? Mm-hmm. Like worry about what? It's, like the future or yeah. uh, the people in my life. Yeah. Cause that's, I mean, cause we want to be in control, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I was a pretty, uh, I was a pretty anxious kid and didn't know that I actually had a super funny moment with, uh, I had a realization when I was talking to Kate about childhood things and I thought I had a superpower when I was a kid that I could mm. slow things down. Mm. But really, those were just panic attacks. What? Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I, had, I think I had, I think I had, no, I had anxiety a lot as a kid, and so I was worried a lot, and... Um, Wait, so do you, you actually <laughs> thought... Yeah, man, I thought could, I had a superpower of slowing things. Not like a like a legit superpower. Well, I don't I just, believe that you actually have no, a superpower. No, 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 but I, I, as a kid, I <laughs> You're like, oh no, my superpower is coming in again. <laughs> yeah, as a kid, I was just like, wow, I, I'm slowing everything that's going on right now, slowing it down. But really, hmm. as an adult, looking back at that, and then getting educated on anxiety, <laughs> and no one ever educating me on anxiety, right. and Kate being like, no, those are panic attacks. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it wasn't until you talked to your wife. Yes. That you realized all (laughs) the way back then. Yeah. It was a panic attack. Right, right. Like 20 years later. Yeah, because we were working through like my anxiety and things. And so then I was talking about it as a kid. And she was like, oh my gosh, yeah, those were panic attacks. You were just like, you know, every every kid has superpowers, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like mine was slowing down time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely worried a lot. And that was because I wanted to always do the best that I could. And I knew mm-hmm. I would never, that's the, the not enough piece, mm-hmm. that sermon in Colorado. I just like always told myself I would never be enough, I would never do enough. And that's just because, I mean, that's what, like, what my dad drove into all of us, all like my sisters and I, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just as a kid, when you're being told to be productive and not fail, you know, that I think gave me and even my sisters a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. And, and oh, I mean, all of us are super driven right now in our professional lives and that's fantastic. But I think there is a piece of anxiety in all three of us and my sisters mm-hmm. and I of being afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Which is but, probably yeah. why grace meant so much to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, Mike, if you could say one thing to every college student, what would it be? If they, you just wanted them to know this one thing so bad, it would change everything. 
What would you say? Oh, that's a wow. Um, yeah, it's up to you. <laughs> so, like one word or just no, not in my head. It was an word, but word. just like okay. what's that one piece of advice? Well, like, if you could like go one... back in time and tell, yeah, you know, Mike, Mike of Young. Hmm. Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, to college kids and to you know old Mike too would be. Hmm. You know, don't don't give up, and trust that you know God is listening to you. Hmm. That's good. Because I think it's so easy to give up on yourself when things get really hard and you can't see God, but He's He's there, He's present. Do oh, I don't want to say young people because that makes me feel so old. <laughs> You're still young, students. But is is that how big of a deal is that for people in college? That I feel like if I even if I do give up my entire world is going to shatter yeah is that like a legitimate pressure oh yeah i mean i changed my major and it, it, it like i like that was to me at that time was giving up but it wasn't but i think like in college right you are shaping your life dramatically you know you went from an 18 year old kid getting thrown into just being a full-grown adult right yeah shaping what the rest of your life will look like. So I think it absolutely is, you know, it's it's definitely something that they need to hear. That's good. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks again for, for hanging out with us and just being willing to be open and honest and, <laughs> and dive into yeah. your, your childhood and then growing up in college. I yeah. appreciate it, man. Yeah, love thanks. talking to you guys. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>